Welcome to the Free Real Estate Hacks Podcast with your host, Johnny Youssef. This podcast is packed with tips, tricks, and hacks. Whether you are someone who wants to get into real estate or you have done it for many years, please welcome your host, Johnny Youssef. I'm going to introduce myself real quick just to clarify something real quick. I'm going to sit right here so you can see. I do not own 100 properties. I wish. I'm managing 120 plus properties. I own a lot less than that. I'm at, I'm at, I think I'm at 35 right now, which is not bad, but I'd love to have 120, but I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Yeah, so real quick, I, I'll just introduce myself. My name is Johnny Youssef. I was born in Egypt. Uh, was uh, Grew up in the East Coast and uh, was involved with a church and came here for an internship and I was planning to leave but it was 2009 and every house around was $20,000 and I'm like this is nuts so I called an agent and they're like yeah we have amazing deals let us show your houses so I started looking at houses and I'm like I'm staying here because this is crazy so I stayed in the process of working with an agent I realized that this whole office that I was working with none of them owned any investment properties so it made no sense to me these agents are selling properties and saying they're great deals but none of them is buying for themselves. I'm like, it's either a scam or they're not smart and they don't understand investment because if they do, they will get some. So one advice for you guys, if you're new to this, work with agents that actually have investments because it makes no sense when they're trying to sell something that they're not buying themselves. Anyway, so got into that and then I got my real estate license because I figured I'm gonna just get rid of the middleman so I can do it myself. Uh, back then, 2009, it was before HGTV and Chip and Joanna again. So I was like the only one in my 20s that was doing real estate, which was great because there was like no competition. I was putting offers. Thanks to them, right now, every 19-year-old is trying to jump on this game. So great job, but it's becoming a lot harder. It's like real estate's hot right now. So um, that being said, I just want to share with you guys really how I got into um, Airbnb. So like I said, I started buying rentals. I had a little bit of saving, not much. Um, and you know, did the mom and dad, you have $20,000 in saving, let's buy a property. And I convinced them and I bought something, rehabbed it, you know, just very small, you know, townhouse and in Grandview and start growing that way. And in the process, I started looking into rentals, getting, you know, loans and, and having some rentals. And in the process, I stumbled upon a property. Um, these are some of the Airbnbs that I'm managing. So I'm managing 10 Airbnbs. Some of them are mine, some of them are um, a couple of other investors. I'm very selective with the investors I work with just because it's just nuts to me working with so many investors with different you know, values and all that. But those are some of the Airbnbs. We have uh, Airbnbs in Midtown, uh, close to Westport Plaza, uh, close to Brookside. So these are some of them. And the one in the middle top is the very first one and that was kind of an accident. So let me get my notes so I make sure. All right, so. Um, so this is the first Airbnb, 4400 Campbell, and basically, long story short, 2011, I think, 2012, the economy is terrible. You have a 4,500 square feet, or 4,500 square feet for $40,000. No one wanted to buy it because there were cats living there and there were birds living there. I'm, I'm serious. So I looked at this property, and just to be clear, this is before pictures. You know, I, I think it's funny if people put before and after, like you need to know. I'm like, if, if people are confused which one is before and after, do not buy it. So um, these are the four pictures. So I looked at it and I was like, this is a great property. I'm gonna try to buy it. Um, maybe, and it used to be seven plots before me, but it was like abandoned for years. And I knew that it's midtown, the economy was bad at the time, but I knew it's gonna go up and it was no brainer. So 
I bought it, uh, and then in the process, before pictures, <laughs> and in the process, um, saved money, borrowed money, and I rehabbed it. And my plan was to flip it. I thought I'm gonna flip it. I don't know any. I didn't know anything about Airbnb at the time, and it did not make sense to rent it out. So this is before after, before after, um, and then I tried to sell it. But again, it was 2012. No one wanted to buy anything. Everyone was scared. I tried to sell it for 2.99, which is probably right now worth 450,000. I'm so glad it didn't sell. Uh, but at the time, I mean, people thought I was a thief when they came and looked at it. Like 2.99, you're crazy. I'm like, it's seven bedrooms, five bathrooms at Hyde Park but they didn't want to touch it. So, so I got it, rehabbed it, and then I got stuck with it. And it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I didn't know what to do. So um, I rented it at first for some UMKC graduates. It was decent, I mean, it covered my, my payments. You know, I was renting it for $2,000, but it just didn't make sense having property that much, that big for $2,000 a month. And at the time, it just, the return was really bad. So I thought I did a huge mistake, I couldn't sell it. So, um, We'll go back and keep it here. So, what I did is, um, what I did is, I'm looking at time and I'm good, so that's good. Um, so, what I did is, I rented it for a bunch of UMPC students. They were great, they stayed for a year, but then I started hearing about the Airbnb. So, it was a big risk, but I thought, what if we do this nightly? It's very close to different places like Nelson Atkins Plaza, and we can give it a try. So, I kind of looked everywhere at the time, I didn't have much of anything to be able to afford furnishing seven bedrooms. So I just went, got as nice as I can, like used furniture, um, and start looking at the time, Amazon, thank God for Amazon, by the way. <laughs> Mattresses for 150, coming to your door, super comfy, it was great. So I was able, by the way, yeah, mattresses, Amazon, that's the way to go. Um, but I was able to afford finishing it for a pretty decent price as far as furnishing. Put it on uh, Airbnb, and it, it went from $2,000 and by the way, I wish this was only my property, but because my parents lent me money and they just had all their saving, they trust me. I don't know why, but they do. So it ended up being 50-50 with my family. So, uh, but that being said, it went from $2,000 a month when I kicked out the UMKC students after a year, which I was sad because they were great and they wanted to stay and they offered me $2,300, $300 more. But I thought, let's take the risk. So I put it on Airbnb and it went from $2,000 to an average of $6,000 a month. And um, in the summer, we had one month for 12,000, but then in the winter, we have you know months for 2,000, so it's average of around $6,000. Now, I wanna give you guys a quick preface. Just so, First of all, that was more than both of my parents' income combined. So my parents were like, we're gonna quit, we're gonna move, we're gonna buy five rooms. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I told them to stay because I feel like this is a gold rush, which it was kind of, you know, it's not the same anymore, but there's still a huge room for investment. So I, I don't want to give you guys, I don't like when people come to meetings like that and they're like, do what I do and you're going to have the Lamborghini. It's not like that. Um, and it's, it's harder. There's more competition. There's more regulation. We'll get into that. But there's still room for it. You just have to know what you're doing and you just have to be good at it so you can stand out. Um, so let's talk about the boring stuff first because you need to know those things and then we're going to talk about the marketing and more exciting things. So, oh, what did they do? I'll get it back. Okay. So uh, we're going to talk about tools and regulations just so you're aware. So I unfortunately am one of the unlucky ones that have all my properties in Kansas City, Missouri, which is like the only place around here that actually have, they have regulations now versus everything else you can do whatever you want and they don't even care. So with that being said, I just want to go over a few things so that you guys are aware if you're interested in it. Um, one is that there is, let's go, 
you have to be in a and and by the way, there's a website for that. That's in their uh, little book newsletter. newsletter. So I highly recommend you guys looking into that, doing your research. But I will share what I've learned. Is one is that you have to be zoned high density residential if you're in Kansas City. So some zoning is low density residential, some is high density residential. So uh, from my understanding, and I may be wrong, but historic places like historic homes in Plaza, Brookside, Midtown, you know, these are considered high density residential, and you can have an Airbnb there. If you're somewhere like South Kansas City, where it's more suburban, more space, these are banned. Uh, so you cannot have Airbnbs in those areas. So you just want to check if you're going to have in, in Kansas City an Airbnb, whether you're in a banned area or not. That being said, you have to go through an application process. It's a few hundred dollars to apply. I'll tell you, when my parents applied for the citizenship to the United States, I remember I helped them with the application. I think it was 12 or something. But it was easier than this. I'm not even kidding. It's, it's ridiculous, and I'll tell you why. So one is you have to get permission from 55% of the adjacent neighbors. Not 50, 55. So that being said, if a property has two properties right across, two properties maybe behind it, maybe one on this side, one on this side, that's six, you have to get at least four out of the six to sign that they're okay with an Airbnb. Which for me, that's personally, personally just super ridiculous because you can be a great landlord and you just happen to be next to two angry in life neighbors and you're stuck and then you can have another neighbor, terrible Airbnb person with a bunch of ignorant landlords that live out of town and they'll just sign it or whatever. I mean, I'll tell you, that house that you guys saw on Campbell, one of the neighbors was pretty much like told me, I will sign it if you guarantee me these kind of races to stay here. And I'm like, does he think I'm white? Like, he was super nice to me. It was so confusing. Like, I didn't get it at all. He was like super nice, but he's like, this race, this race, and this race, this race not. And I'm like, how does this work? So I had to go get permission for him, from him, and he didn't sign. Thank God I got the 55% from everyone else, but it would have been ridiculous that this is why my Airbnb would have been the deal breaker. So you just have to know that one of the things that you're risking or you have to be aware of is you have to get those signatures. So a tip for you is I have a client that wanted to buy an investor that wanted to buy an Airbnb recently. And what we did before, once we were under contract, when we had 10 day inspection period, is we knocked on the neighbors, we told them the plan for the house to see if we're gonna get most 55% signatures or not. You know, and, and actually with that one, it was a rare occurrence where they, the neighbors were like, no, we're not gonna do this. And we just decided to cancel on the contract and we saved him the headache of having to deal with that. So if you're looking to buy, I highly recommend knock on doors, introduce yourself. Most people are really nice and they work with you, especially if you know you're local and they meet you, but just keep in mind that this is something to look into. Um, another thing you have, yeah, you have to mail the neighbors an affidavit you have to file an application, you have to get the neighbor's signature, you have to knock on doors, get signatures, and you have to make sure it's done correctly. So some of those things you just have to think about. I wanna share with you guys some resources. So when Candy came and talked to me, and she said, hey, do you wanna share about Airbnb? And I thought, go to like, you know, 150, 200 competitors that probably do it a lot better than me and tell them everything I know so that they can have Airbnbs next to me. Sure, let's do it. So here I am. <laughs> so I'm sharing with you guys everything that I've known and I hope it helps. So um, some of the resources, of course, go to the Kansas City. If you Google just Kansas City short-term housing, you're gonna find the first page that tells you you have the application, you have all the processes that you have to go through. Uh, if you have a rental already and you're thinking of having it as an Airbnb, it's something to really consider because if you have it already, who knows, maybe you're renting it for a thousand and you don't even know that you're sitting on something that can bring you two or three thousand dollars. So 
If you have that, it's an advantage already. You're not taking risks to go through the process and see if you can do that. Uh, secondly, this is a great secret. They should pay me for telling you this, but AirDNA.co, that's a website where you guys can go, and you have to pay for it. I think it's $30 a month, but you know, be cheap like me, buy it for a month, and if you don't need it, just cancel. But, um, so here at the end of CO, what you can do is it actually tells you specific statistics for any neighborhood, and it tells you each Airbnb that's in the area, how much it actually made the previous year. It, it has connected to Airbnb, so it tells you, and it tells you the percentage of vacancies, occupancy, so you can have a very educated guess of what you're getting into yourself, yourself into. Is it 60% occupancy? Is it 80% occupancy? So you have a very good idea. Um, Amazon.com, Wayfair.com, Overstock.com, I'd say 90% of my furniture, everything, Ikea, Target are great, HomeGoods, TJ Maxx, those places, it's crazy how cheap you can really make a house look nice right now without having to you know, do what we used to do. I feel really old saying that, but you know, going to Ashley Furniture Mart and buying stuff worth $20,000 and having truckloads, you don't have to do that anymore. Everything comes to you, you just need a handy person and to put it all together. House.com, this is the website and it's a great app that I use to get inspired with ideas with interior design. People ask me, do you have an interior designer? I just go, I mean, and if you can pay someone that, it's great, but I just go to house.com. They have a lot of like the most popular pictures, interior design, and I'm always on Instagram looking and I just try to copy ideas. So you can do a lot now for a lot cheaper, a lot less work, so it's a great opportunity. All right, this is AirDNA, so I just want to show you a sample of what you guys can do. I'm not working with them, they're not paying me, but I really, it did help me. Uh, you know, it can tell you, like, the average daily rate in Kansas City, $151, and you can actually put the exact zip code. So it's 64113, which is pretty nice area. I think that's, yeah, that's Brookside. $151 average, occupancy rate is 61%, and it tells you when it's high, when it's low. Revenue, you know, so you can get a lot, and you can click on any on the map and it will tell you exactly how much your neighbor made last year from it. It's kind of nice. Um, another tip, so we're gonna go over just some resources, some things that can help you, and you guys said a lot of really good stuff that I learned the hard way too. Photos, it's crazy how people go really cheap on photos and how much that hurts them. If you guys go to Airbnb, it's crazy the amount of what of, uh, of profiles with properties, listings, that just, it just looks like someone with their old Nokia was taking pictures, and because they're trying to save on photos. I have a photographer, $150, he comes, takes professional photos, drone shots, and these are the pictures we get. So this property, for example, the closest Airbnb, my competitor, is the next one. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> it's this. It's so and my competitor is this. <laughs> so the point is, is honest, honestly, oh my gosh. <laughs> Tell me how to do this so I, you don't have to. That's fine, I'll just stay here. Okay, stay here, just hide right here. Um, so, so the point is, photos make a huge difference, invest in photos, and also even the interior design, it makes a huge difference. And, and I, you can see the average rental and mine is probably closer to like, or my investors probably closer to 100 to $120 a night. This one is like next door, it's actually bigger. Not next door, but very close by. It's like $50 a night. So you're, you're doubling on your money just because you've spent a couple of extra grand on nice furniture and professional photos. Um, another thing is, how much time do I have? Five minutes, all right, you guys are good? Yeah. All right, 
Another thing that I want to recommend is always have a plan B. So when I did the Airbnb, this one that I kind of stumbled upon and I was like, what do I do? I, I thought worst case scenario, I'm going to have six, $7,000 worth of furniture and I can save it, I can try to sell it, I can have rental properties, but have a plan B. I think when people jump into Airbnbs without any plan and you're buying it without doing your research and then you may end up risking you know, buying something that's not going to be good for you. So my point is, ask yourself, if I have to do a long-term rental, is this going to make sense or not? If it doesn't make sense, will I profit from selling it? Now that I furniture, furnish it, try it six months, it doesn't work. Will the new look, will what I do actually add value or will I be stuck with the property? So always think plan B. Uh, another thing is this year it's been really slow with Airbnb because uh, just winter. People do not want to come to Kansas City right now and I do not blame them. So that being said, I'm even right now, and I would love if anyone know advice on that, but I'm looking at corporate housing. Uh, insurance companies sometimes will, you know, if they have a claim and and tenants because of fire, house damage, they need a place for two or three months that's furniture, you'll pay a lot of money to have short, shorter term where it's not necessarily long term lease, but it's not day, day to day, it's somewhere in between. So I'm looking into options like that so that January and February of every year, I don't have empty Airbnbs. Again, if you have experience, please come to me and let me know. Um, and let's see what else I have here. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and, and the second thing that I just want to keep in mind, the gold rush, like there has been a gold rush where there was a lot of demand, Airbnb was trendy that kind of died out, but there's still a lot on the market. But I think with regulation overall, it's going to help us because I'm seeing also some of the Airbnbs that are going back on the market for sale because they don't want to deal with regulations or because they don't have the next. So it may be a good opportunity. So just keep in mind, again, plan B, is it worth it? Will I be putting myself in a position where I can't sell it or, or are you good? Lastly, I'm just gonna share with you guys my deep information. If you guys need to know anything, learn anything, I'm learning too, so I'd love to know what you guys do. JohnnyU.com, I have my Airbnbs there. So if you guys have family member, friend coming into town, you can have the one picture I sent you or you can have our Airbnb. So, um, so I have all my Airbnbs up there. If you guys have any questions about investors or anything like that, work with me. Um, I also have Jared here. Jared is a buyer's agent, realtor. I'm trying to get him to buy a ring for his girlfriend, so help him buy some properties for his butt here. And then, um, sorry, Jared, that should not be recorded. She cannot know. But um, Instagram, Johnny U, uh, my email is right there, Facebook, phone number. That's it. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want Johnny to address on a future episode, please send it to questions at freerealestatehacks.com. While you're online, make sure you check out the free three-part video series available at freerealestatehacks.com.